Welcome back to Look Into My Life, The Beginning, Part 6, My 20s. This little recap of where we left off. Last podcast, I turned 20, working security at a car lot. I got my own place, my first apartment. It's the upstairs of a two-family flat. Um, I really did like my security job. It was kind of crazy because everybody there was so much older than me, but it was totally like high school. Literally, my first day of work, my boss drove up to me and asked me, did I want to smoke a, and I quote, a doobie with him? And I was very, I thought he was trying to set me up or something. I'm like, I've never, <laughs> I was terrified. I'm like, you're not going to catch me up on my first day of this good job. No, thank you, sir. But um, there were some pretty cool times. I met some pretty cool people. The friend that got me the job. Our friendship ended during the time of both of us working this security job. She had become someone that I didn't know. She started dating this guy, and like he would break up with her every day of the week. I mean, I remember this one time she spent like two or three hundred dollars on a Valentine's Day basket for Valentine's Day. He and drove it to his job. He took the basket, said thank you, and P.S. I want to break up. So he he was pretty horrible. And it just kind of seemed like she was taking her anger and frustration out on me. I have no idea why. Like, she just got really catty with me. And I'm like, I can't take this friendship abuse anymore. I'm done with you for right now. She went completely psycho on me. She went around the job spreading horrible rumors about me. She called herself trying to ruin my life by sleeping with guys that I said I had a crush on. And I'm just like, when I heard that, I was shocked. Like, oh my God, I, well, for one, I didn't have a crush on that many guys. Like, I, yeah, I said this guy was cute, but I don't know. That was very weird. She was seriously going through something with herself during this time, which was not good. But I did have, like, some good times. Really got into my quote-unquote adulting. You know, I worked anywhere between six to seven days a week but when I would get like a night or two off I would go to this one bar it was like a arcade type bar thing and you know I mainly played pool and stuff and you know when I went when I turned 21 this was my bar, like, I love this bar, like, that Toby Keith song, like, I became a regular there, 
we used to get a friend or like a cousin and go and play pool, have a couple drinks, flirt with some guys. It was very nice. Um, my relationship with my grandmother slash mother, Mia, it got really good, you know? Maybe the fact that I wasn't living there helped a lot, but, you know, even still, I went to see her every day. We talked on the phone multiple times a day. And, you know, those those couple of years at that job, like I said, it was like high school. There was some serious, like, mate-swapping weirdness going on. Like, this guy liked that girl, and then he hook up with that girl, and then she'd say she liked that guy. It was crazy. And for the most part, I stayed completely out of it. Like, yeah, there was this one guy I was quote-unquote in love with. He was so gorgeous, but I didn't get into that. <laughs> I didn't get into that. And I worked that job for a good four or five years. You know, I got really dependent on it. It was really good. I paid my bills. I bought so many cars while working that job. Um, you know, I had time. And then after five years, just like out of the blue, out of nowhere, they, we got an indefinite layoff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I'm going to lose my apartment. You know, I was really, 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 really shooken up. It was an amazing job and the pay was great. So, I couldn't really find anything. So I did end up going to college. I went to Davenport University. Um, I had the test to get in there. I did really good in my testing. I actually got a silver scholarship. Anybody that knows about Davenport and how their scholarships work, it's like an extra thousand or fifteen hundred um, every year to go with you know, my financial aid and all that stuff, which was really good. I made straight A's and B's. I had like a 3.6 GPA. I was loving college. There was like a fire under my ass. Like once I got into it, I'm like, I can't believe I took this long. You know, I don't want to do manual labor. I'd rather use my mind than my body. You know, I don't want to work, you know, physically. And like to, you know, wear something cute and sit behind a desk, do paperwork of some type, you know. So I did major in um, human resource management. I thought it was a really good idea, you know, regardless of the business, everybody needs an HR department. But just my luck, of course, my car breaks down. And so I was pretty much just living off of my return money that I would get from the university. And I had no way to fix the car and I would have to catch the bus and 
all my classes were afternoon classes. I called DDOT and got all kinds of bus routes and it just would not have been safe for me as a female. You know, like one class I had ended at nine and the bus routes to get back to my house. By the time I would get back, it would be like 11. You know, I just did not feel comfortable doing that. And then on top of that, I was thinking, like, when it gets cold, that's going to be horrible. I cannot imagine sitting out there waiting hours, you know, nine. That's the difference, getting out at nine and not making it home till around 11 o'clock after 11. So after two years of, like, kicking major ass, at university and just being so proud to say like I'm actually doing something I'm using my brain you know I got a 3.6 GPA I got a silver scholarship I did so well I had to drop all of my classes and with dropping all of my classes I ended up owing that school a shit ton of money that I could not pay them So then I found I have all these credits at Davenport and I can't even transfer them to another school. Like they're stuck. I was so heartbroken. I was devastated. Like I'm still devastated about it because I was doing so well. You know, I was going for a master's and I honestly believe if that didn't happen with my car... I would have obtained it because I was taking summer classes also. You know, I was getting so many good credits and just doing so well. I was a full-time student. I would have had my master's in less than four years. I was like full steam ahead. Full steam. I had only been there two years and I was on my um, third year of English, uh, you know, I did so good, and I love English. English is my thing. Um, so it was really disappointing, and I was really heartbroken, and that like killed my spirit. To be perfectly honest with you, as far as it goes, with going to college, you know, eventually I did get a car, and I went to another college, and like. Davenport has my credits and I would have to and I had to start all over again and I was just so disheartened and I'm like I gotta take all these classes that I took before you know like I literally have an associate's degree sitting at Davenport that I can't touch because I owe the money and just You know, I can't see myself taking that big of a chunk of money and handing it to them. When I have bills, I have, you know, things to take care of. So I I was just really heartbroken. Really, really heartbroken. And when I got to that other college, I didn't even give it half of what I could have. I don't even think I gave it 25%. Like, I did decent. You know, I didn't make anything less than a C, but my heart was broken. I was so, my heart was at Davenport and Davenport broke my heart. 
they even talked to financial aid and I was talking to um, the loan companies and they were like, wow, just for dropping that amount, you owe that much money? The loan lady, she was like, I'm shocked. It's it's a pretty big amount. And even still to this day, I have those credits sitting at Davenport. And like, I did do a year at a community college and, you know, I have those credits, but just my heart wasn't into it. So, this brings us to around the 25 year mark, let's say, about 24, 25. Around that time, once I just, you know, decided to take a break from school, I was so heartbroken about Davenport. This is around the time where Mamiya's health issues. Mamiya, remember I call her Mia or Mamiya. That's the nickname she chose for herself, but she did not want to be called Grandmother Hunty. <laughs> and so around this time, that was when Mia, you know, she wasn't driving as much. And, you know, kind of health issues started with her like serious, serious ones. And as far as me, you know, when I was 20, I was diagnosed with like severe high blood pressure and it was so high, they're like, you need to be on medication, but at the same time, you're so young, you could damage your, you know, your kidneys and then you'd end up on dialysis. So, you know, it was really bad and my blood pressure right now is still really bad but I'm gonna have a whole episode on that but during my 20s I have had six surgeries one of them dealing with my heart issue and like I said we're gonna get into that but her um Mamiya she kind of stopped driving and you know what happened was I became her full-time Companion, Nobody was really coming around like that. Nobody was really calling her like that. You know, she had her friends from Mississippi that would call her every day and they'd do their chit-chat and all that stuff. But as far as family members, nobody was really coming around like that. I had an uncle who would come over every now and again and a cousin who my grandmother helped raise. She actually saved her life. And it was very sporadic with her coming over. So it was mainly, that's what started the, you know, the me and Mamiya thing, where it was just me and her against the world. I drove her everywhere. That was my, in a way, that was my job. In an even bigger way, that was my life, you know? I wake up, I, you know, get myself together, shower, all that stuff, get dressed, and it was like, I I don't eat breakfast, so as soon as I get up and, you know, get myself fully together, it was go down to her house, and by this time, we were literally living eight doors down from each other, and I was with her. You know, um, I go down there in the morning. Well, I say morning in a very, very 
cavalier way. What I mean morning is when I wake up because I do have severe insomnia issues. And like I said, we're going to do a whole medical report on me in another podcast. So when my day started, my day starts when I wake up. That could be at 8 o'clock in the morning and that could be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That's My morning is when I wake up. And so I go down to her house and, you know, we talk and watch TV together. Sometimes I sit there and just be on my phone. Um, and around this time, the 20, 24, 25, around this time, like all the friends had dried up. You know, they were all gone. Um... Everyone that I thought cared about me so much. I'm like, we're going to be those friends that we met in high school. And we're going to be raising our kids together. And we're going to be hoping that one of our kids, you know, marries the other one so we can actually be related. I really thought that was going to happen with the group of friends that I made in high school. And it did not. Not at all. I was very heartbroken about that. So I didn't really have any friends anymore. I wasn't dating at the time. So it was just me and Mamiya. You know, wake up, go down to her house, hang out with her, watch TV at her house, and then i drive her to the grocery store. Or She loved Walmart. She'd call me sometimes in the in the early in the morning, like, I want to go to Walmart. That's how she would say it. That was her little thing. We go shopping and all that. And, you know, I go and get her stuff and get her one of those motorized carts. And, you know, we'd come back and I'd unpack everything and bring it in the house. It was groceries. I'd take the groceries out the car, bring them in the house, put the groceries up. That was all me. And, you know, spend the rest of the day and a lot of the night down there at her house. And then when I, you know, it's like, oh, I want to go to sleep. I really wasn't going to sleep. I have insomnia. And she knew that. I knew that. But just like, you know, I spent like 10 hours with you, I think it's time that I go home and just at the very least have some me time. And it went on like that, you know, pretty much up until the day that she died. So, you know, I was very independent, early 20s, um, working a security job, and then after about four or five years, got a permanent layoff and I tried to do school. I did really well at Davenport and car broke down and I couldn't go there anymore and then I got heartbroken and then it just became Mamiya just literally became my life. Day in, day out. Um, around like 26 I started dating this guy that was like a child of a friend of the family, like his family, my family. We all knew each other for many, many years. Um, it was not 
a good relationship, but it caught me at a time, you know, where, like, I wasn't going to school, I wasn't working, like, all that I did was, you know, if I was at home, I was watching movies, you know, reading, reading books, writing poetry, and then, you know, I'd spend anywhere from 8 to 12 hours with Mamiya being her constant companion, being her chauffeur, being her nurse, you know, um, being her butler. And so, you know, he caught me at a time because I, I knew that it really wasn't going to work out between he and I. We were on two completely different planes of life and we see life completely different from each other. And I will give him credit, though. It did help me. You know, I had something outside of my phone because that's why I was always on my phone. It was the Internet that was the closest I got to somebody else besides it just being me and Mamiya, me and Mamiya, me and Mamiya. And so, so when he came into my life, it was, okay, here's another person, you know, somebody in my age group, somebody to talk to, you know, something outside of the norm. And so we dated. He was my boyfriend up until, like, I was 30. And it was not a good relationship. He was a horrible boyfriend. He did move in with me. And, you know, he had his little attitude and all that stuff. Because I couldn't spend all that time with him. Because, like I said, my Mia was my life at that time. I, my day when I woke up, my day was meant to spend with her. And when I did not come down, like, if I decided to take one day to myself, she's on the phone calling everybody, like, oh, at least they didn't come over. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. You know, it was really tough on me. I loved her, of course. But it was just like, you know, that's kind of unfair to me. I have all these kid, 10 kids, I would say at the very least 30 grandkids. I can't tell you how many great grandkids. And, you know, all of it was on me. And for the most part, I didn't mind, especially during this time in my 20s, because she was not as sick as she became, which we will talk about in a later podcast. It was just, you know, it's crazy. You have all of these relatives and it's just me. All of it falls on me. You know, I had little to no social life. That's why I gravitated towards this guy when he came into my life. And he was the worst. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say the worst. Not like he killed me or anything. That's probably the worst type of boyfriend. But it was not good. We'll, We'll say that. And, you know, he would try to say things to me and you know I wasn't gonna let him get away with that like one thing you're not gonna do is insult my intelligence you may be able to say a lot of things about me but one thing you will never be able to say about me is that I'm stupid or I'm a slut that's for sure or that I'm fake 
I promise you, you will never be able to say that about me. And so me and him would get into it. And then we actually had physical fights. Like one time he choked me. And I was sitting on the side of the tub. And he came at me and choked me. And I literally fell in the tub. I mean, you know, it's so crazy. Because that's why the memories that I think about my me and I'm sure you're going like, why? Well, you know how sometimes when something traumatic happens... And, like, you call out the one person that's close. So when he grabbed me and was, like, choking me, I I did call for Mia. I was like, Mia. (laughs) You know, so I know that I loved her so much. And I know that I knew that she was the only person that I had, the only thing that was protecting me, that cared about me. And so in my 20s, that is, like, the beginning Yes, yes, yes. The beginning of me taking care of Mia on a deeper level where she became really dependent on me and I became really dependent on her. And that was the, you know, the start of, you know, she became my whole world. And I became her whole world, you know. I was everything to her. I took her to every doctor's appointment that she had. I knew all of her doctors by name. They knew all of her doctors knew me by name. They knew my face. Like, they would speak to me. Like, oh, hi, at least. Like, they knew me. I was the only one that took her to any doctor's appointments. I was the one that took her to the grocery store. And this lady loved to grocery shop. I've never in my life seen somebody window shop at a grocery store. But she would pick up things and, oh, look at this. Can you believe it costs that much for pasta? It was made in Italy. And I'm just like, seriously? (laughs) Well, that was one of the things that just used to rake my nerves. And then now that she's gone, you know, that's one of the things that makes me smile and laugh thinking about her now that she's dead. So... This has been my 20s, the beginning. And I'm still in my 30s, okay? I still got a lot of time in my 30s left. But we have a lot more to cover. This episode has been a look into my life. From the age of 20 to 29. It's been a ride. really has. And talking about it makes me think about so many things. And of course I think of Mamiya and I miss her. And I think of things that could have been done differently. And I think of, you know, gosh, I had some bad luck. Like, if only my car hadn't broke down. 
I'd be holding a master's degree from Davenport University. I am positive of it. Um, but that was then, and we just covered that. And we will be reliving another moment in my life. More stories are to come. Please stay tuned. We have only scratched the surface. There's so much more to cover. This has been a look in my life. I'll see you soon.